Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know what I want? <laughs> Not Samsung, Greg. Not Samsung. Not what? Not Samsung. Hey, that's pretty good. The Raptors defeat the Detroit Pistons 142 to 113. Some quick numbers. Uh, new franchise record in assists at 44. Uh, obviously, the season high in points at 142. For the people who like looking to the numbers just a little bit deeper, half-court offense, which the Raptors have been 29th in the NBA, their high watermark, which they reached three times to this point in the season of 100. They blew that away, 127.6 um, elite, elite, elite offense in the half court. And not to mention, obviously, very good in transition where they've been the best team in the NBA thus far. The biggest motivator of this win, Scotty Barnes. Uh, he was a plus 37 at the end of this, had 17 points, nine assists, seven rebounds. He shot seven of 11 from the field. He was three of four from downtown. He was really impressive. And one of the biggest things from this game is that Scotty plus bench lineups really, really worked. And so the first one that we saw was Chris Boucher, Gary Trent Jr., Precious Sachua, Malachi Flynn, Scotty Barnes. Over a minute 30 stretch, they scored seven. The other team scored zero. Then that changed to OG Ananobi, Chris Boucher, Gary Trent Jr., Precious Sachua, Scotty Barnes. Over a three-minute stretch, they score 14. They allow eight. Going plus 13 over like a four-minute stretch, a little bit more than that, with that group of guys is really, really like that's a feather in Scotty's cap. Um, Really good performances from the other guys. Getting like two above the break threes from Precious is obviously very good. He had a really nice straight line drive. But as far as like the pacing of the offense over that stretch, playing good defense, some of it at the point of attack, and really kind of stirring everything together, being the chemist for that lineup, Scotty was tremendous. The Raptors started out well, hit a little bit of a lull, and then Scotty plus bench, they hit the gas, man, and they hit it really, really hard. Uh, the Pistons didn't have much for the Raptors in this game. Um, Pascal finished with 23 points on 18 shots. It was an efficient night. He finally hit a three after missing 17 or 18 in a row over a span of... I guess like what five games four games uh he, the last three he had hit was the overtime corner triple off of the the pin in screen uh against the spurs and he had missed quite a few in between that he had a pull up tonight nice to see and the, the funny thing is that he, he had like a good night by rights but he also he had like five layups roll off the rim and you're like damn because i think he started out maybe one of one of seven or something like that and so obviously had a big turnaround in this game and also a lot of that had to do with scotty pushing in transition and really making it so that a lot of easy shots were available for guys like pascal um og comes back he hits his first two shots he misses the rest of them is this a big deal 
not really. I thought his defense was good tonight. Um, they ran some little post-up options for him where the Raptors, um, Pascal in particular, many people will notice he cut from the top down. They were able to get a bucket out of it. He got a few possessions in the fourth quarter, kind of operating out of the post too. And I mean, everybody, like Grady was technically a minus three, Jalen McDaniels minus five, Ron Harper Jr. minus nine. But those plus minuses don't matter that much. It was just garbage time. But Precious won his minutes and was really, really strong playing next to, to Scotty in particular. Boucher won his minutes. He scored 14 points, had six boards. He was really strong off the bench. Gary hit a lot of shots, tough ones and ones that fell in his lap. He had 18 points, three assists, a couple nice passes too. Malachi kind of going through the motions for a lot of this game, feeling it out, but then eventually getting to a point where the shot making started going down. Seven points, four assists, two boards, two steals. Um, the one was a really nice pick and he got himself a layup and uh, just, yeah, it came around. It came around for him. Jakob. Jakob dominated the front court matchup. When we look at these Pistons and they're playing, you know, it's like Isaiah Stewart at the five. It's Marvin Bagley, the third coming in. You also have James Wiseman who came off the bench for, you know, 24 minutes. These guys and like Wiseman had 15 points and three boards and he finished a lot of stuff. He cleaned up a lot of stuff around the basket. But when we're looking at how they defended in pick and roll, they were very poor at managing the lanes, the driving lanes. Um, oftentimes getting too far over into Dennis's lane in particular, opening up at a lot of drives and, and rolling space for Jakob. And Jakob really did a fantastic job kind of navigating the tighter space in the paint. And then also on defense, the Raptors just funneled. Funnel the guys, funnel the guys, funnel the guys. Pretty aggressive closeouts and... Most of the shots that the, the Pistons hit early on in this game, we're looking at pull-ups, you know, contest, like pull-ups from three, contested floaters in the lane. And then there's some stuff on broken plays where a guy comes open, yes, for a, for a three-point shot or something, or a guy like slips to the rim and there's something there. But for the most part, the Raptors kept their shot diet extremely difficult and did a really good job. And I mean, they have a lot of size on defense to pinch in they have a lot of size at the nail. A lot of the digs were really effective. That was where I think Scotty and OG in particular were very strong. I'm not sure if Scotty in this game finishes. Yeah, no steals, no blocks. But I don't think that like his defensive playmaking was still there. And um, I thought that he was Scotty in particular, OG in particular, very strong at the nail, very strong on digs and stuff like that. And yeah, once back to the funneling thing, funneling the Pistons down to Pirtle was a big time win that it was very, very successful for what uh, the Raptors were trying to do defensively. Kevin Knox goes two for 11. Cade is seven for 17 while shooting 60% on his threes, hit two pull-up threes. Jaden Ivey's three for 10. Alec Burks, three for nine. Like the guys who have a live dribble, who are trying to get to the spots on the floor. I mean, they had a hell of a time tonight. They they really, really had a lot of struggles trying to make stuff happen with a live dribble. And credit to the Raptors, really, for making that. Um, their defense was awesome tonight. It's against the Pistons, who aren't a good team, you know. And we have a comment from Kevin Thompson, who says, we still need to trade Pascal and get some elite shooting. If you can reshuffle the skill sets on this roster 
so that it's better for Scotty's future and the Raptors hopefully are still competitive this season. Um, I, th- I think it behooves the Raptors to try and do that. Um, the most likely look in, in trades and stuff like that would be Pascal, of course, especially with his contract status up in the air to some degree. But they played well tonight, and when Pascal's been on the floor, they've won a ton of minutes this year. Um, Pascal started out slow, but has really turned it around. So at the very least, Pascal is playing well. Um, Scotty's playing out of his mind, continues to. And there was some unique, um, I guess, synergy that they had on a couple of plays today that was nice to see. But yeah, I, I've been saying this kind of the whole season. I, I don't mind people saying they, you know, they want to trade Pascal and shuffle up how this team looks. But uh, I hope that in in doing so, we can also acknowledge that Pascal tonight, quite good, um, has been really turned around from a slower start this season, has been really, really quite good. But, you know, different people want to build different types of teams and have different ideas for, you know, what that kind of looks like. Um, we have another question. Oh, yeah, kidding. Okay, Richard. Very, very well done. Um, but yeah, we can keep talking about, I think that there was a lot of unique stuff that the Raptors were able to pull off as far as the high post actions. Um, this More of the split action stuff worked because the... The Pistons are guarding, they're very big in the front court, and their front court guys are stepping up to guard Jakob in the high post. They're not dropping out of the actions, really. And then the Pistons are also asking, like, smaller players, like Asar Thompson, who is fantastic, don't get me wrong. He had one possession on Pascal in the post that led to that tie-up. He moved with him. He's playing, he's guarding up. He has to, like, he's foregoing the weight He's foregoing the strength, and he still managed to stick with Pascal. Um, I thought he was good. But you have, like, Ivy. Um, even Cade is smaller than Scotty and Pascal and OG, obviously. You have Alec Burks and, and Marcus Sasser. The Raptors have a bunch of opportunities. If they can get um, if they can get the switch on some of these down screens or, like, chin screens um, to put their bigs or their bigger wings on a smaller guard, a lot of those entries made by Jakob were fantastic. And so a unique setup on the Pistons defense allowed the Raptors to um, make something work that hasn't worked that much this season. They found a ton of stuff that worked. So that was really awesome to see. We saw maybe the Raptors, maybe it wouldn't have seemed like they leaned into it a little bit too hard, but there was a run in the first half where Pascal, it seemed like, there's maybe four possessions in a row where the ball slowed down a little bit. They went to post entry and Pascal just left a couple amps on the rim. And they also, they just missed wide open threes, which was like, damn. But they were playing with a lot of like zip and buzz before that. And, um, you know, that changed once Scotty came back into the game. He injected a lot of that pace. They made that really, really strong run that I talked about at the start of the podcast. And um, eventually that did turn. You know, this is um, Pascal eviscerated the Pistons with post-ups in the second half. He, he did a really fantastic job getting into spots. And not that he didn't do a good job. He just missed layups and the Raptors didn't hit threes. I think there's maybe two plays where he forced it a bit too much in the first half at the end of the first quarter, I believe. Um, but yeah, I think that the Raptors, their offensive approach in this game was good. And the Pistons aren't a good defense. This doesn't set the expectation going forward. But the Raptors have had a pretty tough schedule to this point, and they deserve a couple games against easier teams. The Wizards, they didn't make that one look easy. Some heroics from Siakam put that one back in their lap. 
We got the Scotty pick and roll late where he scored. We got the Siakam game winner late where he scored. They stole one against the Spurs, who have not been a good team this year. Scotty steals that game for them, and they've lost against a lot of good, good teams. Get an easy one tonight. A lot of guys hit shots. A lot of guys get really nice looks. They get to run through some of that, that high post action, and it's impressive, and it works, and this is the first game where we really see that pop off. We really see that happen. And their defense, their defensive performance was really strong tonight. A bunch of stuff really went well. Um, the two best players tonight, honestly, I think it's it's probably Scotty and Jakob. This was Jakob's best game of the season. Man, he he really, really impressed me tonight. And I already talked about him quite a bit. He was he was a force on both ends. And Scotty really was too, man. Scotty motivated so much of what right for the Raptors today. It's uh, a really impressive game. And, and Schroeder also, maybe I haven't touched on it enough. Schroeder, I think, had his finger on the pulse of the game. The Raptors, when things were slowing down, Schroeder was like, okay, let me get into like a little side pick and roll, get middle, see what I can create. Maybe we need like a little mid-range jump right now. Maybe that's what needs to happen. Like he didn't hit any of his threes, but as far as like working in the lane, supplying Jakob with these rim runs, or kind of like getting middle, seeing if he could collapse anybody, nothing comes, you gnash the pick and roll, you come back up around. Maybe there's something that as the guys move around is available now. Like there was that one play where Siakam, uh, Siakam comes baseline from the corner. They're trying to zone up. And Schroeder, I believe, is on ball. Jakob's diving. So the low man steps up for Jakob's dive. And they're trying to zone up where Siakam's coming from. Siakam just cuts right into the soft spot. Little bucket. That was right at the start of the game. Like, that's a really nice play from both those guys, reading the defense, finding a spot. And Schroeder was really impressive, moving the Raptors through their stuff tonight. I thought that, you know, he, he's had a lot of the ball for this season, but he really, really was Hands off when he needed to be tonight and hands on when the Raptors needed him. And, it, you know, as far as process, that's good. And then the execution with that, he, I think his shot making was really impressive in this game. Even if he went 0 for 4 from downtown, that means he was 8, 8 for 11 elsewhere, right? And I think it was a very impressive game. It, these guys just won a ton of minutes, heaps of minutes, as you might expect. Like OG plus 15, Pascal plus 23, Jakob plus 21, Schroeder plus 19. And get this, Scotty at plus 37. It's not every time that plus minus tells exactly what's going on. Some guys can get carried by lineups. Some guys aren't the motivator of the minutes that they win all the time. And you want to see winners over large samples. But Scotty, you know, you watch the game and you can look at plus minus to be kind of um, instructive if you know what you're looking for. And also if you're going back to watch a game and you see a guy was like plus eight in four minutes and you're like, okay, I wonder what happened here. Like, is this just made threes? Is this just variance for a short amount of time? It's like, sometimes that is the case, but sometimes guys have really, really strong stretches where they can motivate wins, where they can motivate winning minutes. And that's just all Scotty did tonight. And, and it's kind of like what Scotty has done for most of the season. The Scotty Plus bench lineups are really have been really, really tough um, to start the season. They're asking a lot of Scotty, and they've lost those minutes by a lot, and that's been tough. And that's certainly not Scotty's fault. Scotty's been the Raptors' best player this year, and, um, and he was the Raptors' best player tonight. But to get a big win in this game where Scotty is guiding 
these bench lineups, like full bench lineups. And then you have OG check in as well. And it's three bench players, Scotty and OG, just having those guys win big minutes, really nice moving forward. You know, maybe that doesn't create the rule going forward, but you would hope at least that you would think that that instills some confidence. Maybe they saw some stuff that worked tonight that they can go to a little bit more often. But again, some of this was just really strong shot making. Like Scotty going, what, three of four from downtown. Precious going two of four from downtown. And, you know, quite I think four of those threes came in that Scotty plus bench stretch. Like that's great. And hopefully that leads to something going forward. Um, they probably won't shoot it that well, but it, it was really nice to see. They played really good defense. They rebounded a lot of their own misses on the other side of the floor. So that meant that they got extra possessions. They got to run out. They got to supplement it. And when you're playing with bench lineups that don't have a ton of like half court talent um, and Scotty's trying to make stuff work, how do you how do you avoid that? How do you make sure that these lineups win? Uh, you get out and run. This is something that happened with um, a few years ago. There were like Pascal and Scotty lineups. There was like Pascal plus four other big wing lineups where they didn't have a point guard and they won a ton of minutes by basically defensively with all that length on the floor. They didn't allow any rim attempts for the other team. They got out and ran and played transition heaps and they rebounded like 42% of their own misses. So just lots of extra possessions, tough shot diet for other teams and, you know, a little bit of wizardry at the point of it you know, point of creation with Pascal, especially to finish the 2021-22 season where he made All-NBA. It, it was really impressive. Scotty can emulate a lot of that, and you hope that some of the guys who are playing alongside him, um, even though they are playing a guard, Malachi Flynn, that they can emulate some of those successes. Uh, it's, who knows if this carries over to next game. The Magic have been good this year. They play a really, really stout defense. They've got big, strong creators. I think that the Raptors are a good matchup defensively to hang around with the Magic. Uh, the Magic aren't a very good offense. I think that they're a bad offense to match up with the Magic, but they've been a bad offense to match up with a lot of teams so far this year. So, you know, we, uh, we'll we get to see if this carries over. We'll get to see what carries over from this. But this game in large was just like a, a massive success and we should be uh we should be celebrating that you don't want to turn your nose up at any wins really like yes they they won against the wizards but you don't want to turn your nose up against that yes they won against like the pistons but you don't want to turn your nose up at that this is something that you got to take these wins especially when the raptors have had such a tough schedule to this point uh james welch says 125 viewers, but only 14 likes. Sure, guys, feel free to hit the like button uh, and subscribe. It, it helps the channel. And I'm just here after every game talking hoops. And there's a sizable audience, but maybe it gets even more sizable if you like the video. It's free and it's good. Um, thanks for pointing that out, James. Um, ND says, looks like Grady might be out of the rotation, unfortunately. That's okay. Grady was in the rotation because the Raptors rotation was uh not playing up to par right and so grady even as a 13th overall pick you shouldn't expect rookies to win you minutes in year one and that's kind of like the tough part about it right rookies just don't usually win minutes and grady 
with not shooting the ball super well is it's going to be even tougher for him to win minutes. And I'm perfectly fine with him having like a lower spot. He has to work himself back into a spot where he's hitting more shots because he's getting quite a few good looks and he's not converting a lot of the good ones that he gets. That has led to him wanting to put the ball down more often. Him putting the ball down more often has not led to that much more creation. It's typically led to more turnovers. It's typically led to, you know, feckless offense, let's say. So I still am like a full-on believer in Grady and what he's going to be able to do. Um, But it's not a bad thing if like Malachi plays and starts to work his way into a consistent backup point guard. It's not a bad thing if Gary is giving you like lots of buckets off of the bench. It's not a bad thing if Precious tonight gives you another really strong performance. And it's not a bad thing if, if Chris Boucher is playing, right? Um, Jalen McDaniels is like, he hasn't, he hasn't been good to start the year. Um, maybe, maybe he finds his footing later on. Who knows? Coloco, who knows? Otto, um, we still need to see. But the Raptors coming into this game, this season, I should say, have been a, a team that was expecting more pop from their bench. And they haven't really got it. That meant that Grady came to the forefront, even though he wasn't playing super well. He has one, maybe one and a half good games under his um, under his belt, I should say. And so Grady, he's going to be a very good player. No worries about that. But it's it's not the end of the world if he's like at the back end of the rotation or more, you know, a special a specialist at this point. He has to like put on weight. He has to get more familiar with NBA timing. He has to work on his own timing with his jumper, and he just has to get a couple of those things um, sorted out. And we're kind of waiting on that. And while we wait for that, it's uh, it's certainly okay for other guys who are more proven and who are winning minutes lately to play. And that that's totally fine. I see a lot of people asking about the G League. In fact, everybody who does Raptors work whether it's written or spoken or video or tv or whatever everybody's getting asked about like grady to the g league i don't think i would put grady in the g league i think i would put grady on the 905 with the like carryover days where the 905 and the raptors are both in toronto which had been the case just recently and grady didn't go down there um i think i was talking to blake about this and he i think he said that there's seven opportunities for Grady to go down to the nine and play in the 905 without leaving the Raptors. And I think that there's two games where he could play the double header. I hope that Grady plays more often and goes down and just gets like reps up and all that kind of stuff. But as far as actually sending him from the Raptors to the 905 on the road, um, be it the 905 is not in Toronto or be it that the Raptors are not in Toronto and he's with the 905 somewhere else. I don't know about all that. But as far as like trying to take advantage of both, sending him down while he's with the Raptors, I think that makes sense. And if things get even crazier, hairier, then like, fine. I I guess you could look at the 905 consistently. But I think I'm probably Grady. He's a guy who plays so much of what he does helps good players, better players. And... If his, if his shot comes around, I think he immediately becomes closer to a positive and a guy who can kind of change the context of a lot of the Raptors lineups. And you'll get to throw out a bunch of like unique stuff like ND. We already talked about it, but he commented and said, speaking of bench, that Scotty point lineup was pretty good. Certainly it was. 
and you'll get more opportunities to like run those types of lineups as the year goes on if Grady is performing well as a shooter and if Grady is bringing like a little bit more pop because he's going to with his motion get open for Scotty and Scotty's the most gifted passer on this team one of the most gifted passers in the league he's going to find the guys who are open we saw you know a few passes tonight not necessarily to three pointers but making reads towards the rim for layups and stuff like that he doesn't miss much right and uh that that was like i i just think Grady is closer to an NBA level player, like rotation player, than uh, than he is like a G League player. And the shot just has to come around. And if you don't believe in Grady's shot, then you shouldn't have drafted him, right? Like that has to be the biggest motivator of what, how he succeeds is you have to believe in the shot. So, um, and if you don't believe in Grady's shot, then you probably don't believe in him in, as a prospect at all. So if everyone agrees that the shot will come around, then I think he should get extra reps with the 905 when available, but stay up with the big team. Uh, as far as uh, Schroeder, I see some questions about like green lights and stuff like that. Schroeder, I think probably, I've talked about this on maybe every single podcast or post game, but the Raptors, Darko's offense, he really, really likes having a guard initiator. And because guards move the Raptors through their sets quicker than the wings do, um, e- even quicker than than Scotty, right? Like Scotty, when there's an advantage, is definitely the quickest processor of the floor. He definitely makes the quickest decisions. But as far as like moving through like these dribble handoffs and side pick and rolls and weave action, um, Malachi and Dennis move the Raptors through their sets quicker. And quick sets are typically better sets. And while you need to be able to create advantage. And that's where Pascal and Scotty definitely, definitely provide more than Malachi and Dennis do. Um, there's some like overall offensive ethos stuff that the Raptors are clearly leaning into. Um, Dennis is still like a very high touch, very high dribbles per touch, very high time per touch guy across the NBA. And that's, I just, Schroeder is obviously to Darko, a very important aspect of this offense. He's been emboldened by Darko, and the Raptors are putting a lot of possessions in the hands of Dennis. Before the season, I was somebody who thought that the Raptors would start Gary Trent Jr. and that they would play Scotty at point guard. And I was of the mind that it's like, we're here. You know, the, the way that the roster is constructed is like, you don't have a guard who has like carte blanche. You don't have a guard who has, you know, like, a big, big money coming his way or anything like that. You have, you know, Scotty Barnes, who wants more possessions, who deserves more possessions, and certainly has started out the year going like gangbusters. And I think that there should be more like Scotty point guard stuff going on. And that clashes a little bit with how the Raptors are running things right now. But it's at the end of the day, like, I mean, Darko Darko likes the guard initiated offense. That that is as objective as it gets. He very clearly appreciates and enjoys Dennis's presence. Um, Dennis has had some really good games, and maybe people like I I don't want to focus on this too much actually because I thought Dennis had a good game and I thought that Scotty was tremendous in this game, and they actually found a way to work. But maybe people are looking at like Dennis fifteen shots, Scotty eleven. Scotty played a very unselfish game tonight. Uh, Scotty could have taken more shots, I'm sure. Scotty only played 25 minutes, but 
the Raptors' offensive process in this game was sublime. Nothing went wrong in this game, to be quite honest with you. Going forward, obviously, everyone should want, to some degree, more of Schroeder's possessions to fall into the hands of Scotty, because Scotty's the future. You want to give him as many reads, as many game reps, as many different defensive coverages to respond to and learn from as possible. And I thought he shredded, like he shredded everything the Pistons threw at him tonight. But so did Schroeder for the most part. So it's, uh, yeah, like maybe there's there's no tension there between those two, at the very least, I'll say. And Darko is probably pretty happy with Dennis as the starting point guard and will continue to embolden him. We'll we'll see. Um, We'll see. I, I see the comment from Jace. Scotty can make all NBA this year if Dennis doesn't take so many possessions. I promise you, Scotty isn't thinking about it that way. Um, everyone in that locker room is definitely thinking about, like, how do we win the most games? Um, if you told Scotty, like, all NBA and, like, a, a lower seed versus, you know, no all NBA and a higher seed and, like, a really impressive team, which we'll see, um, he would definitely choose the better team, obviously. And Dennis has been better than advertised this year so far. And uh, yeah, I think um, it's just been, it's just been, there's a few things that need to get ironed out with the offense, certainly, um, especially in regards to usage. The Raptors have been working through that so far this season. But uh, tonight, I think that the listed backcourt of Scotty at shooting guard, Dennis at point guard was sublime. I thought that they played really fantastic basketball. Um, From Caleb, do you think Raptors fans will have a, uh, love-hate relationship with all our point guards until we get over Kyle. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Kyle was so much better than most people thought for years. Years and years and years and years and years. Uh, he was one of the most underrated guards for like a decade. And the Raptors were able to build teams with more depth because Kyle was underpaid. And their teams looked better because Kyle elevated every bench player he ever played with. And Kyle allowed them to like do so many different things. And he's a Hall of Fame guard. He's still underrated. And um, yeah, I think everybody's spoiled um, from Kyle because Kyle played almost like perfect basketball. He was unselfish. He was a genius on the court. And he did a great job. And people were hard on Kyle, said to trade Kyle. Didn't see what was going on with Kyle. Um, People were very late on the Kyle love. Now it's obviously come fully around. Everybody's like, that's the greatest Raptor of all time. But Kyle is just like six, seven years of he's all NBA nonstop. Every time he touched the ball and he what made all NBA once with the Raptors. So, yeah, he was underpaid, underrated and all that kind of stuff. And I think if you try and watch point guards, like that was a thing last year too, right? Like I, I understand Fred had more of the ball than most people were comfortable with. Um, but Fred, if you compare this like point guard touches, um, like touch time, dribbles, shots used, he was mostly comparable to a lot of point guards across the NBA. And people hated that. And it's because Kyle was such, he just showed Toronto fans such great point guard play it was like Kyle could touch the ball eight times in 10 minutes and he'd create like 12 points out of those eight touches whereas Fred and a lot of other guards will touch the ball like 26 times in 10 minutes and they'll create like 12 points you know it's it's just different Kyle 
he spoiled everybody. <laughs> he's so awesome. Uh, he's one of my favorite players to ever watch. He's a genius. He's brilliant. He's so, yeah. Um, I'm talking maybe a bit too much about Kyle Lowry for a game after they beat the Pistons, but I could talk about him till the cows come home. Degum, he, he was awesome. Um, let's talk a little bit about Precious Achua. Big drive. Too little, you know, too little drive where he got the shoulder into guy, finishes with the left hand, mucks around on the inside, gets a finger roll to go with the right hand as well. It's two above the break threes. I thought his defense was really impressive in this one. Um, that's the second game in a row where I think his defense has been sublime. He also had five assists. When the Raptors are out and running, he's moving the ball, doing a fantastic job. There's a lot, and I mean like a lot of opportunities to get assists. And same with when he's getting up there on the offensive glass, three offensive rebounds. There's a lot of opportunities to get the ball to shooters or people are cutting in against the broken defense. This was one of Precious's best games of the season. I still don't think it's probably his best because he's played good games against good teams this season. And he's closed some games where he's been really important. And as far as, you know, was this his best? Statistically, I mean, like 12, 6, and 5. He, he hasn't really come close to that. But uh, as far as, like, Precious, his best game of the year, this wasn't it. But he was damn good. And I'm really happy to see him continue playing like this. Many people are familiar with my work. Uh, know I am a, a Precious believer uh, through and through. I think he's one of the best athletes in the NBA. I think um, his feel for the game needs to improve. He needs to become more familiar with what uh, with what the Raptors are trying to run to some degree. And some of his process, some of his reads have to be a little bit quicker. But there's a lot of potential there, man. You you get him in a consistent role. You make sure that he's going out there every night, consistently giving you like switchable defense. And also he's a very, very good like up-to-touch pick-and-roll defender, a very good hedge defender, and he can play drop. He's a very unique defender, and he can also play a lot of isolation against a lot of different guys. You know, his claim to fame coming up was these isolation defensive possessions against, like, Luka and Jimmy Butler and Giannis Antetokounmpo, and it's because he's so strong and he moves so fluently, fluidly, and he's just, he's really impressive. I hope he carves out a role. Um... I think he, he when he's on, he is such a good counter to what Jakob is doing. And they could have a really strong center rotation if if that were there. And we also got against Boston um, a few, like a couple minutes where Precious and Jakob played together. And it went pretty well as well. So there's just, um, there's a bunch of stuff. He, he needs to have better pacing on like the screen and roll on offense. He needs to, you know, like finish a little bit better by fixing that pacing, matching the the ball handler, keeping the pocket pass open. Some some bigs like when they screen, they are either way behind the pocket for the pass or they run past it. And some guys run past it into a new passing pocket, which is the the vertical pop, right? Which is they're going up for the lob to catch it. And Precious can do that from time to time. But as far as Precious, like a lot of times he'll be late and then he'll end up like, okay, well, maybe I'm in the short roll now. But it's not a short roll against the dropping defense. It's a short roll against a dropped defense where the, the guard is also trailing into the paint too. It's not like a short roll after there's a blitz and you pass over the top. It's, uh, it's stuff he has to work on. But there's he does so many positive things. He just has to get some of the 
negative aspects of his game a little bit. Those need to be like waxed out, you know, they just need to not be there. And I think there's like a plenty of opportunity for him to um, excise those. Um, from Dawson Ned, can we talk about Jaden? I've uh, I've seen him as a trade target. I like Jaden Ivey. Um, I believe the rumor trade is around Pascal. Uh, I don't think Ivy has enough uh, value to nab Pascal on his own. Um, I don't know what the rest of that package looks like, but I do like Ivy. Um, I I won't stick my nose up at any like trade proposal. Who knows what this Raptors team looks like in a year? Who knows what they look like after the trade deadline? But uh, I'll just say, like, I like Jaden Ivey. And I think that um, he would, he needs a little bit more, he needs to mix speeds a little bit more often as a ball handler. He's kind of just like all one speed. And that's a tough adjustment to make for a lot of guards um, is to start mixing speeds. It's something a lot of guys learn as they kind of go through high school and college. And a lot of the guys who are the most athletic, like Ivy, um, they've been going one speed for a long time because that one speed, took them places man and so yeah uh ivy we'll see i i like him but i bet i would like him maybe not as much if he were on the raptors um it's some guys who are struggling to um some guys who are struggling to create and and you know progress as players it's um more fun to watch them from afar i would say um, we have a couple comments from Phoenix Play Z, Samson. Who do you think peaked higher, Wall or Lowry? I think it's Lowry. Um, some people might think that's crazy. And we have one from Davis who says Pascal's expiring. His value ain't that high. That's true, but it's not that low either. Um, he's still like a very good player. A lot of teams are, you know, interested in. They're, they're sniffing around seeing like, what's the deal here? How can we get him on our squad? And there are like contenders who want him to help put them over the top, right? And um, I, I don't think the the Pistons are like a great Siakam landing spot. Uh, I think it's like an it's an odd pairing anyway for trade partners. But more than anything, yeah, I just I'm not I'm not sure if the it, it makes sense from either side. But I, I like Ivy well enough. Um, but yeah, that feels like a, a podcast for the most part. Um, is there anything I haven't talked about yet um, as far as like the team? I talked about Boucher, Precious, Grady. You know, I talked about Trent, Schroeder, Barnes, Pirtle, Siakam, Ananobi. I don't know. Am I missing anything? Um, I see from Andre, uh, he says, what about the Warriors? I think that uh, the Warriors are, that's a team that's definitely um, keeping tabs on what the Raptors are doing regarding pascal and there's also teams keeping tabs on uh what og is doing like when i go to media row uh i sit in the lower bowl and that's also where scouts from other teams sit so sometimes you get to chop it up with a scout from another team um depending on who if, if you're sitting next to media or a scout and like before the trade deadline last season there was a lot of scouts at raptors games like a lot a lot a lot and from like a multitude of different teams and in the preseason this year, there were a lot of scouts from uh, other teams as well. Uh, it hasn't been too much lately or anything like that. Um, but it's something that, uh, you know, it, it's interesting from the media perspective. Like you show up and suddenly there's like 
representatives from six other teams who are coming to watch the Raptors. And you will suspect that maybe they're not just watching, but there's also conversations going on maybe because they could watch at home, certainly, but they probably also want to talk to people around the team about that guy, something like that. Um, I, I don't know if I'm putting my foot in my mouth <laughs> by saying this, but um, Nesta brought up like Darko. Darko, uh, in games like this, it's kind of, he probably gets to be like, take a deep breath. Um, it's uh, It's something that, He's probably been waiting for a lot more of this high post stuff to click. He's obviously, the Raptors have been one of the worst offenses in all of the NBA, right? Like their half court offense to this point was so bad that even their overall offensive rating wasn't bumped past the top 25, despite them having one of the highest frequencies in transition and the most efficient transition offense. Just like to create a comparison point, and I'm not like, I'm not doing revisionist history about the team, but the Raptors had a bad half-court offense last season. They had a, a lot of transition opportunities, and that correlated to the 12th overall offensive rating, right? The, the transition offense is better this year than it was last year, and they're actually going into transition more often. Losing Fred Van Vliet helps a lot for transition. Uh, more of those transition possessions are going into Scotty's hands, and Scotty, you put a transition possession into his hand, and it's as good as a bucket, basically. He, he's a genius out there. Um, like, he's been awesome. And they haven't even made that many transition threes either. Like, they could conceivably become a better transition offense. Going on a bit of a tangent here, just Scotty is really good in transition. But they're like, they coming into this game were bottom five in offensive rating overall, despite having the best transition offense that is nuts that's like that's how bad their half court offense had been to this point it was like 10 points per 100 possessions below league average it's not like oh we're the 29th ranked team and we're at like 92 where league average is 96 it's like no we're the 29th ranked and we're at 85 when league average average is 95 and the blazers are at like 83 right now it's just been tough so for Darko, and we are talking about Darko right now, it's probably like a huge sigh of relief. Like, we got one. We got an easy game. We got a good one. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just been good for, good for Darko to get a nice one under his belt. Um, if anyone has any more questions, um, I'll answer a couple. Then I'll get out of here. Um, from running off the screen, that's Mac. If anybody, that's my my dear friend Mac. Um, we went to we went to Vegas together for summer league. Um, he's been on the podcast many times. Myself on his. He has he's a very strong scout. Um, the guys he likes coming out of the draft end up being really good every time. Um, so just if you want to go listen to the running off the screen podcast, make sure to. But he says five point five transition points per hundred possessions versus three point nine last season. Both top two, I believe. Yes. And um, that's 5.5 and 3.9 is a big gap as far as like efficiency because getting an extra 1.6 points out of basically not that many more possessions is is a big deal, obviously. Um, from Phoenix Play Z, how are we feeling about the Wolves being up top of the West? Awesome, man. I like that Wolves team. I liked that they traded for Rudy. 
I like that. I like Carl Anthony Towns. I like Anthony Edwards. I like Mike Conley. I love Jaden McDaniels. Um, I, I think that they, they went all in and they did their best. And like they traded a lot for Rudy. But I like that they tried. I like when teams try. I really, really do. And uh, they're playing good basketball. And it's really, really impressive. Um, it's really, really impressive for the Raptors that they won opening night. There was no Jaden. Um, but, you know, um, from James Welch, I'm not a fan of Gobert and Cat, but they have some great young players. They're, those are two polarizing players. Um, um, probably people notice after listening to me talk. I'm not, I don't get too mad about other people's opinions or having a different one than my own. Um, I can definitely understand why um, Gobert and Cat wouldn't be that appealing. Um, the context has to be a little bit different um, than a lot of people see basketball as for it to work. We have a really, really good question from ND. Uh, he says, N- Nemhard or Ivy for Scotty? Uh, Nemhard. And I got to tell you, the Raptors love Nemhard. They like Nemhard a lot. If Nemhard is ever available, I, man, the, the Raptors are going to go for that guy. Um, I, Nemhard is really, really impressive. He's a strong defender. I know the shooting hasn't been there this year. Um, we talked. To, I talked about Ivy and him not really having more than one speed and how that's a problem. Nemhard has a few. Um, Nemhard is really creative with his manipulation. Um, I might be a little bit biased because Caitlin Cooper really likes Nemhard as well, and I've read her work on Nemhard and I've talked to her about Nemhard. Um, we've gone over some film on Nemhard as well, and uh, obviously that impacts what I think to some degree. But um, I, I like Nemhard even before we started talking about him. And Nemhard has been really impressive as a player since coming in. And the Raptors like Nemhard. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really great question, Andy. Um, because, like, are the Raptors going to be able to get an elite guard next to Scotty? I hope so at some point in time, right? Like, I really do. But it's hard to get an elite guard in the NBA. And the Raptors, they, they're probably not going to sign one. They'd have to trade for one. And that's a tough trade to make. They don't come around that often. And or else they'd have to draft one. And maybe people are looking at like Collier or something like that. But uh, yeah, looking at like those mid-tier guards who might have a little bit more upside in the future, like Nemhard, is a, is a really good um, response to like team building. So like awesome question, ND. Um, do I have a favorite Pascal location? Not yet. I'm going to put a pin in the Pascal trade talks. I've definitely, we've talked a little bit about it and, um, you know, I'll put a pin in it for tonight though. I think that's probably, uh, um, a good place to leave it. Thank you to everybody for hopping in. You guys are always insightful, kind, and engaging. It makes talking about these games way more fun, uh, on your way out, make sure to hit the like button. I think that'll help suggest the post game pod to more people even after it's published and all that kind of stuff and subscribe if you're into that thing and um my best work i think is my written work you'll find that at raptorsrepublic.com along with a host of other writers um our analysis is typically among like the written work you'll find the most cutting edge um the most steeped in film the most steeped in data and we do our best and uh hell yeah so thanks for listening everybody for the people listening on their walk tomorrow morning or maybe just late at night. I guess this game was early. There's a lot of room to listen to this tonight. Um, Thanks for tuning in to everybody. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your night. I'll be 
I'm actually doing a, a guest lecture at the Metropolitan University of Toronto, whatever. They changed their name recently. I don't know what it is now, but I'll be doing a lecture uh, about sports media there for the Magic game. And then we'll be doing one of these post-game podcasts with some students. So we'll get maybe a, a few more insights and thoughts um, that differ from my own. So um, TMU, thank you, um, Phoenix Blazey. So I'll be doing that there. And uh, that should be fun, kind of something new. Um, so let's hope for a good game against the Magic. Let's hope for some good insights from the students. And thank you, everybody, for uh, hopping on. It's been a blast. Okay, whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.